Shalom mishpocha. Shalom family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people with the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar, oh, the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere, to be red hot for the Messiah. Most believers' potential in God has been limited because of problems in their soul. Most believers concentrate on their spirit, don't pay attention to their soul, and don't realize that that's retarding their growth in the spirit that these soul wounds are sabotaging them fulfilling their destiny, hearing God, having success. I have Dr. Cindy Trim on the phone, and uh, we're talking to her about her brand new book, Reclaiming Your Soul, and her whole curriculum that is changing lives. People that have been believers for decades that don't understand why they're not walking into their destiny, why they don't know their calling, why uh, they're not hearing God the way others seem to be hearing God. It's because they've been crippled in their soul. Uh, Let's start out, uh, Dr. Trim, with uh, distinguish for me the difference between spirit, soul, and body. Yes. And the, and the Bible does make a, a distinction. Um, one of the things that the book of Hebrews 4 and 12 says, that the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder, the soul and the spirit. So we could start there. We know that our body is different from our soul and our spirit. The soul makes you self-conscious. The spirit makes you God-conscious, and your body makes you world-conscious. And so that's the basic difference there. Your soul gives you the ability to call yourself I. When I meet a person, I might refer to them as you or he or she. When I refer to myself, I refer to myself as I. And the scripture says that when God created man in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. And so he created man's spirit, gave him a body, and breathed the soul into him. And your soul gives your body the, the, it animates your body. And when you die, we usually say dust to dust, ashes to ashes, from the earth you came, the earth you returned, referring to the body. So your body is physical, and it will disintegrate upon death. But your soul and your spirit is eternal. Now, I've talked with you and interviewed you before, and you move amazingly accurately in gifts of the Spirit. You, you operate in the gifts, uh, and I would think someone like you would be concentrating on the Spirit realm. Why are you doing this 40-day soul fast curriculum uh, concentrating on the soul? Because the soul is important. It's important to God. And once we understand that your soul has to be healthy, David said, thou restoreth 
my soul. Scripture also says something that I think is so important. It says that we should lay apart all filthiness, superfluity, naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And so I discovered just from studying the word of God that many times we don't feel like ourselves. We become like the prodigal son. And in the book of Luke chapter 15, it says, when he came to himself, he said to himself. And many of us live disconnected from who we really are because of the um, contamination of our own soul. And the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange to uh, for his soul? And if the Bible has value for the human soul and each human soul, and if the Bible um, says that the soul has so much worth that it compared it with all of the gold, all of the silver, all of the precious things in the earth realm, the celestial value of heaven and earth. And if we can evaluate the value of all the wealth in the natural world and all the wealth in the celestial world, then we can see the value of each human soul. Out of curiosity, how did you originally get the concept of a 40-day soul fast. I actually was talking to a colleague, a friend of mine, and we were talking about um, the number 40 and just going through the Bible, noticing what God does with in, in 40-day or 40-year um, segments. And so the concept of 40 came from, you know, God cleansing the earth uh, for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. um, It was Elijah uh, that had fasted, and after uh, 40 days, he was able to run um, in a supernatural fashion. And so as I was looking at um, what God did in 40 days to take an entire nation from total oppression as slavery and bring them into a promised land as royal royalty, I began to say, well, there's something about 40 that that we can use uh, in order to help individuals to discover who they are in Christ Jesus and to live authentically, true to who God wanted them to be. 40-day soul fast. It's not about what you're eating. It's about what's eating you. Now, you talk about there are roadblocks uh, within our soul that stop us from achieving uh, the, the potential God has for us. Uh, what are some of those roadblocks? What's causing them? Yeah, I, I found out just from reading scriptures that our soul can be afflicted um, and our soul can be anchored. And sometimes our, our soul that houses the mind, will, and emotion. So this soul fast is about the healing of our memories, the healing of our emotions, things that um, our soul has been anchored in, and God can remove that so our souls are anchored in the hope of Jesus Christ. I've discovered that when we anguish and when we have pain in our soul, um, our souls can actually anguish. I've even found out that your soul can have an appetite. Um, you know, and so because we we can have attachments at the level of our soul, 
what happens if those attachments are not healthy ones? And that's what we call a soul tie. There's legitimate ones and there are illegitimate ones where we're attached to things, habits, addictions. And if, if there's going to be healing of an individual or healing of humanity, it's got to be at the level of our soul. Give me some examples of people that have gone through the 40-day soul fast and what's happened to them. And I repeat, it's not food. It's fasting things that are getting in the way of you fulfilling your potential and hearing God's voice. I, the story that comes to mind is a, a very provocative story about a, a, a woman. And she wrote in and said that all of our relationships were seemingly messed up, but she never pointed it towards her. And when she went on the soul fast, she found out how depression had actually undermined not only how she lived, but how she related to people. And after the fourth day of this soul fast, the darkness lifted from off of her. And at the end of the 40-day soul fast, she reported that her relationship with her children, her relationship with her husband changed because she changed. And this is how powerful the 40-day soul fast is. Well, you know, I love the quote that you use. It's not about what you are eating. It's about what's eating you and keeping you from fulfilling what God wants you to be. When you coach someone for 40 days as to what they should be doing and they go through the 40 days, what are the types of things that will happen to people? Number one, people will find out about their true identity, not from the perception of other people, but from how God defines who they are. That is one of the most profound um, occurrences that will happen with a person because a lot of times we try to fix things and people around us to bring us happiness, not knowing that our outer world is a reflection of our inner realities. And as we allow the Word of God to sink deep into our soul, to deal with even repressed emotions, things that may not come immediately to our mind, but I'm reminded that the Bible said that the Word of God is quick and powerful. God can give us laser surgery, as it were, through the Word of God, and um, also He can heal the innermost parts of our beings and some areas that we may not even be able to recall ourselves, because our memory houses um, uh, just things that happened to us in the past. And I believe that the 40-day soul fast is about inner healing. Well, I can't wait for people to take this, and I'm going to tell you why. As Cindy says, it will be the best 40 days of your life. Your soul wounds that are sabotaging your growth in the spirit, stopping you from fulfilling your destiny, stopping you from hearing God, stopping you from moving in the gifts of the spirit. These soulish problems are keeping you from fulfilling your potential, keeping you from walking in divine health and peace and happiness, and it's time you become who God designed you to be. The two books, the study guide, the two DVDs available for a gift 
of $59. I want Cindy to coach you to be who God created you to be. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, Dr. Trim, on yesterday's broadcast, you brought up an interesting concept. Uh, we were talking about it's a restoration, uh, such as what Adam lost in the fall. Explain that again. Yes, um, Jesus said that I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I believe what we what was lost in the Garden of Eden is several things. Our, our connectivity with God and our connectivity to who we really are as human beings. And to be, the more human we are, I believe the more godly we are. And most of us are living out of our fallen nature and not out of the original human nature. And our human nature was designed to represent God and to reflect God in the earth realm. And do you find that a lot of believers, because they were so sabotaged by their parents, who were sabotaged by their parents uh, and by uh, what people think of them, uh, that they, they just never fulfill their potential? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting, too, because if you ask the average person who they are, they'll, they'll respond to you by telling you what they do. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a husband. I'm a wife. These are roles that we play. These are, these are things that we do. But who we really are is understood at the level of our soul because that's the true nature of who we are. And one of one of the weeks in the 40-day soul fast is about awareness. When 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 Moses has this encounter with God and he's running, he had done something, he had killed a man. And so he he has the stigma of being I would call it like an ex-convict, someone that was on the run from his past. And one encounter with God gave him the awareness of who he really was. And he said to God, who am I and, uh, that, that you should consider me a deliverer? And the same question, David said, who am I and what is my life that I should be the son-in-law of a king? And so the question of self-awareness, who are we really? Who does God say that we are? And to see ourselves from that perspective and not through the eyes of man. Okay, I have to ask you a question. You are a teacher. You are a best-selling author. Uh, you, you move in the gifts of the Spirit. But who are you, Dr. Cindy Trim? I, like everyone else, am a child of God, and I am a representative of God here in this earth realm. I reflect him in his image and his likeness. And then God has given me an assignment. He's given me purpose, which, which is the things that I'm called to do out of the person that I am. And I believe that we do more because we want to be more. All right. In your first week, let's break this down. You talk about journey to authenticity. Uh, what is journey to authenticity? 
It's 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 like journeying back to who God originally planned and purposed us to be. And I believe that, you know, when I look at a, a little baby, um, uh, a baby is examining his toes and everything. And I think sometimes growing up, we've learned how to do certain things because of how we were socialized, how we were raised, how we were educated, the culture impacted upon us, who we um, associated with. And I believe that sometimes we became less and less of ourselves and more and more of something that we were never created to be. And the story of the prodigal son says that he was disconnected to his true self. And when he came to himself, he said to himself, he really became aware that what I'm doing in this pig pen is not who I really am. And then he said, I will arise. And I believe that our standards in our modern days have become lower and lower for how we live as human beings. And God is raising the standard. And the more aware that we are, that God created us to reflect him in his image and, and his likeness, not as consumers, but as co-creators, not as, as followers, but as leaders, not, not as beggars, but as lenders. And once we discover that, I believe that we will be able to feel alive again. Uh, You said something interesting. You said that if we don't define ourselves, other people will define us. And people have been believers for 20 or 30 years, and they've defined themselves what other people have said about them, even though they've been reading the Bible, going to church, uh, and they're stuck in this rut, and they have problems uh, in soul areas from addictions uh, uh, to emotional problems to not hearing God, uh, and, and, they, uh, and they wonder why. When they take this 40-day soul fast, you get at every one of these things, Cindy. Yes. And we're talking about identity. We're talking about identity here, too. Um, you know, and it's, it's about being true to who God has made you to be as an individual in Christ and how he has constructed you. David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm purpose built. God said to Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you to be a prophet to the nation. And so we're born wired to be, be specific things and to contribute in our own unique way to the betterment of society. Tell me, about exactly what you mean by a soul fast. The soul fast simply means that you are cutting away things and habit that, habits that undermine um, and keep you from living a full and successful and a prosperous life in Christ Jesus. What are some of the roadblocks to a soul fast? Some of the roadblocks, number one, um, is living outside in rather than inside out. Waking up in the morning and just letting life happen and then reacting and responding and not knowing that we can be proactive, um, being a slave to our bodies 
and allowing the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life to dictate to how we live. And it's interesting because as as I was thinking about it, and I had a conversation with a colleague of mine a couple of days ago, we were we were talking about the death mute Helen Keller, and she was able to break the bonds, break through the bonds of a body that could not respond to who she was, and through sheer will, she was able to become one of the greatest influencers within her generation, a deaf mute. And I asked a question, what is it about the human soul that not even the impotence of a human body can prevent an individual from becoming everything that they are? And if Helen Keller, through the sheer will of her soul, could break through the impotence of her body, How much more can we who do have sight and do have hearing just by cutting away the undermining effects of negative habits, how much more are we able to arise and make a difference in our family, our homes, and our communities if we can just get rid of those habits and the the thoughts that are, are, are sabotaging who we really are. Uh, why do you say this will be the best 40 days of their lives? Because they have an opportunity to uh, spend, I call it me moments, the moments when they um, remove themselves for a couple of minutes a day and they sit before God and through going through the Word of God and utilizing the 40-day soul fast, they're able to ask some tough questions and get some real answers for their own lives from the Word of God. And what you're saying is, as you mentor them, the power of God is really bringing this awareness and getting rid of the obstacles. It is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. My guest, Dr. Cindy Trim, is talking about the soul fast kit. And this will allow Cindy to mentor you each day to literally be your coach so that you can walk into an encounter with the supernatural power of God and fulfill your destiny. Uh, Explain to me uh, the supernatural side of the soul fast. The soul fast is is an exciting spiritual journey. Um, I, I believe that it's a journey to God, just like the prodigal son had journeyed away from his father's house in, in, in search for something that was elusive, say, for instance, elusive success, because that's elusive. But when he fell into a place where he recognized that um, this is not where I really want to be, he had to make up in his mind that he had to journey back to his father's house. And I believe the soul fast is a journeying back, not only to who God originally planned and purposed you to be, but a journey back to a loving relationship with God himself. We have the tendency of valuing our relationships with other human beings more than we value 
our relationship with God and our relationship with ourselves. And we become prodigal in, in a sense. Um, and I think that when once we understand the value of our soul, we're able to clearly communicate with others how we value ourselves, how we value God, and thus we help to train people how to treat us and how to value us as a human being as well. In your opinion, why do most people have an inconsistent walk with the Lord? They have an inconsistent walk with the, the Lord because I think it's easier for us to attach ourselves to things that we see and people that we could touch and feel and experience with our five physical senses. And it's a discipline, it's a spiritual discipline to be able to cultivate a relationship with with the God that you cannot see. And it requires the growth of our soul, and it requires the growth of our spirit. And it's a spiritual journey rather than a natural. Cindy, give me an example of someone uh, that is limited uh, because they're reacting from environment rather than authenticity. Yes. Um, Firstly, I want to give you an example. If you put a small shark and confine it, it will stay a size proportionate to the aquarium where it lives. But if you, in turn, loose it in a, a, a big ocean, that same shark will grow to be eight feet long. And sometimes we have to, we, we are in environments that are restricting us, but we can jump out of that if we know who we are and become everything that God has set us to be. One of the things that Lucy Swindle said, she said, I'm happy in my own skin. Jesus loves me, and I have a future with him. I want to be totally me so that when I'm with the Lord face-to-face, it is my own life that I lay down and not the prefabrication of one who always tried to be somebody else. And when we are committed to being everything that God wants us to be, our environment will no longer dictate to us, and we will no longer become a product of our environment but the person that God wants us to be. We will be able to live in the bigness of God himself. Cindy, the 40-day soul fast, tell me some of the areas that the course covers. Yeah, I love how, how we, we broke it up. We broke it up in bite-sized pieces where each week there's a main focus. Um, Week one, we're we're focusing on enlarging our capacity. It's like the Jabez prayer, enlarge my capacity, where you're able to, we're able to deal with um, such topics as awareness, like Moses became aware of his calling and who God said that he was. Um, And then we deal with godliness, like Noah. He was a very godly person, even in the midst of ungodliness. And then the second week um, deals with self-leadership, and that's, that's our ability to know who we are and where we're going and how to get there. The third week is about the, the nature of the soul, the essence of who we are. And then the fourth week is very, very exciting. We deal with the properties of thoughts um, because you are what you think, basically. And then we deal with, in the fifth week, um, mastering your thought or mastering your mind through 
knowing your identity. And then the six weeks is healing the whole in your soul, which I really love. And it's the power of the words. You know, there's a saying that sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. But they really do. And some of us walk around with holes in our souls, and we need to be able to heal that. The seventh week is about the power of doing and God's chosen fast. And we talk a a little bit more of of how we can um, uh, do more by being more. And then the week eight is um, sealing the healing, the cleansing power of love. And under each one of these, we take it day by day. And the 40-day soul fast is so exciting because each day, you are, we are able to look at a different characteristic of being authentic. And it's broken down each single week and then each single day. So this is like like having a coach in a book. It's, it's like having a, a spiritual therapist in a book because each day we're able to just uh, eat an elephant one bite at a time. Let's talk about the uh, journey into authenticity. Tell me some of the characteristics. I, I think one of the greatest characteristics is the characteristic of awareness, being aware of who God says that we are, having an, an encounter with God where the Holy Spirit is able to upload in, into your mind what, what God has already downloaded into your spirit and into your soul. The next um, characteristic is godliness. How do you live godly in an ungodly world? And another one is truth. Jesus Christ said that we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us, set us free. And so how do you live a liberated life um, without feeling as if you have to blend in and conform to this world? And you do it not only by speaking the truth, but living the truth. And another one is um, joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. How do you get joy? I mean, there are so many people that have to live on medication because of the depression that they feel or the oppression that they feel. But how can you be strengthened as an individual with the joy of the Lord? And then beauty. We don't think about seeing the beauty around us. And because we pass the beautiful mountains or the beautiful flowers that is around us on a day-to-day basis, we can overlook how even nature itself is celebrating and testifying of the wondrous creative work of God and how we can use that beauty around us to gain beauty inside of us. And then focus. An authentic person will be focused. There's so many things that will come at us that will distract us until we are so far off from living life on purpose. And how do you get your focus back? How do you focus on things which really do matter? How do you focus on serving God and loving God and serving your family and serving your community? And these are just some of the characteristics of authenticity. And then I could throw in peace. If there's one thing that everybody wants. They want peace, peace in their home, peace in their spirit, peace in their soul, peaceful countries. And these are just some of the characteristics that we look at. There's 40 of them. Now, tell me the flip side of peace, 
fear. <laughs> you talk about what fear triggers in the human body. Fear triggers um, so many of our maladies, our, our um, diseases can be traced back to fear. And not only traced back to fear, but, but think of this. Um, if, if our, we talk about mind over matter, if we heal our mind, we could potentially heal our bodies of some of these sicknesses and diseases. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, we can live in the peace of God. And even going back to truth, um, uh, medical doctors have found out that there is a direct correlation between the lies that we speak and the physical strength of our body. That every time we tell a lie, um, we, we actually compromise our immune system, we weaken our muscles, we weaken our will. So if you, can you imagine what truth does to physically heal our bodies? Uh, you say in your workbook, fear triggers over 1,400 known chemical and physical responses. Yes. And, and I, I think that because we don't, we're not aware of um, how... Uh, these things and how emotions negatively impact our physical bodies. And it's because of things such as fear, stress, discouragement that is bombarding us on a day-to-day basis. And then it's, it's, it's further exacerbated by the things that we view on television, by all the news, the bad news that is going around us. And we have an opportunity for 40 days to shut off all of the negativities, to regain our balance, to regain our joy, to regain our peace. And that's why I say that you will spend the best 40 days of your life on this so fast. Well, I want to get into your hands the two books, the brand new one, Reclaiming Your Soul, and the study guide and the eight weeks worth of DVDs where Cindy is going to mentor you for 40 days. It's on two DVDs, available for a gift of $59. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 1-800-447-2697. My guest, Dr. Cindy Trim, and we're talking about the Soul Fast Kit. And fasting is not a food. What is the fasting aspect, Dr. Trim? It is removing the things in our lives that prevent us from hearing God, from living life on purpose, and for, for being able to fulfill our assignment in this earth realm as his earthly representative. Now, you teach on the power of words. How important are words? Words are so important. When, when I read the scriptures from out of the book of Numbers, how the children of Israel ended up 40 years wandering around the wilderness, I thought that God arbitrarily just said, okay, you've been naughty and I'm going to send you in the wilderness for 40 years. But there was a direct correlation because God said for each day that you mumbled and grumbled and complained and released negativity out of your mouth, 
you will have to wander around in the wilderness for a year. And so to me, it's, it was almost like God was saying that for every day that you, you speak negatively and grumble and complain, you potentially are creating the consequences of wandering around in a wilderness for an entire year. That's a year for every day that we grumble and complain. So there is a direct correlation between what happens in our lives and what comes out of our mouths. Even Scripture supports that. The Bible said, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And when we look at a picture, you frame a picture, you can either add value to that picture or you could devalue the picture by the framing. And our words that we are speaking are either adding value to our lives or it's devaluing our lives. Someone once said that words are containers. And I say that words um, are so very powerful that the words that we speak are, are exactly like Jesus said. They are spirit and they are life. Scripture says, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and he that loves it shall eat the fruit thereof. And the words that we speak, even though we don't see it, they don't disappear, they don't dissipate. Words have power, presence, prophetic implications, and no time or space or geographical limitations. And how do we know that? Because people are still rehearsing some hurtful words that was said to them by people that they don't even interact with nowadays. And 40 years ago, someone might have said something. And people still feel the impact of the words. And it was the centurion that said to Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Send your word only, and, and my, my servant will be healed. Scripture says that God sent his word and healed us. And so our words are very powerful containers, and we have to be careful of what we are speaking even over our lives, over our marriages, over our communities. God is very specific. He said, first of all, prayers should be prayed over our leadership, those that are in authority. And whether we like the party or not, whether we like it, whether the president is Republican or Democratic, God said, watch what you speak over your leaders. Scripture says, even over your enemies, you should bless them and curse not. Why? Because in order to curse someone, that curse has to flow through you first. It flows through your mouth first. And so we have to be careful what is coming out of our mouths, because I really believe that there is a correlation between what's happening in our future and what we speak about in our presence. And many things that are happening to us, I think, are self-fulfilled prophecy. But, you know, a lot of people uh, to understand to a degree of what you're teaching right now, but they just can't stop themselves from talking this negativity. How do, how do they stop? They can stop by using the Word of God. The Bible calls it the profession of our faith or the confession of our faith. We need to begin to make faith confessions. And the way that we do that is very simple. God said to um, Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 to 9, and it had a lot to do with his success and prosperity. 
He said, this book of the law shall not pass from out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. Meditation is internal dialogue. And confession is external, is what you say out of your mouth. So what you think is just as important as what you speak, because what you think affects your speech. And so God said, meditate on this word day and night, for you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And so our success and prosperity is in direct correlation with what we think and what we speak. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we have to watch our words so that we can change our lives. Could things be the way they are because we are the way we are? And what one thing can we change that can change everything? We could change the way we think about our lives and speak about our lives. And if we do so, we can change the way we live our lives. Uh, Dr. Trim, I believe that if you pray for people right now with just this little teaching they've had, they'll stop this negativity uh, because it, it, it's really um, – it's it's an out-of-the-control soul not submitting to the Word of God. Yes, yes. And I'd love to pray. Our, our Father, we give you praise, and we ask that you would give us the ability to understand how important our words are and the discipline to begin to study to show ourselves approved unto you, workmen that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of God. I pray, Father, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will give us the ability to harness our thoughts and bring those thoughts into the proper alignment with your words. And where we are just capriciously using words without an understanding of the ramifications of that word, give us the prompting on a day-to-day basis. Father, allow us how in, uh, to understand how important our words are and to really love your word and love your law and give us the ability to embrace it and study it and to, to, to desire it on a day-to-day basis. Let us discipline our lives just like we eat uh, the natural food on a day-to-day basis, three meals a day. Let us study your word on a daily basis so that, Father, we will be transformed inside out, that it will start at the level of our thoughts, then the level of our words, and then it will be walked out in our day-to-day living. We would see our words being impacted by what we say to others and how we treat others. Bless us indeed and bless us with the discipline in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now you talk about something that I don't hear much about. You talk about the power of doing. Explain. Right. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. And there's one thing to read the scripture and believe the scripture, but it's yet another thing to apply it. And once we are able to see that the word of God has relevance in our day-to-day living, from everything, from making decisions concerning businesses to being able to um, select the right relationships, who we marry, where we go, how we spend our money. The Bible has 
a solution to every kind of problem, every kind of situation. In fact, the book of Proverbs speaks about wisdom. Wisdom goes beyond just information. Wisdom takes information and applies it to our everyday situation. And if we would but take the time to read the Word of God and make it a part of our daily life, just like no one would think about getting up and spending a whole week going through their uh, back and forth from work without taking a shower. We should not think about getting up in the morning and not spending time and having our personal devotion to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through the Word of God so that He can give us the power and the riches and the wisdom and the might to be able to live a blessed life. Cindy, Give me an example in your life of how God's spoken to you through the Word. Um, I, I believe that um, as we go through the Scripture, one of the things that we can look at is how practical the Word of God is. And even out of the book of Proverbs, I read a Proverbs a day, and it's easy to do that. Um, it, Proverbs is 31 chapters, and there's approximately 30 to 31 days in a month. And what I do is I read a Proverbs a day, and what I've found out is that Proverbs for that day in that particular month always uh, gives me solutions to a problem or insight as to what I need to do for that day. My guest, Dr. Cindy Trim, believes that there is such wounding in people's souls that it's stopping us from fulfilling our potential. And I guess you've wondered why you keep walking around in this big circle and you're not hearing from God. You're not walking in supernatural peace. You're not walking in the gifts of the Spirit. Could it be there are some soul wounds? This 40-day Soul Fast curriculum. It's actually a kit where Dr. Cindy Trim is going to coach you every day for 40 days on the DVDs and two books and the study guide. Uh, we're making available for a gift of $59. Cindy, teach today a bit about my favorite subject, the power of love. Uh, I, I love the book of Corinthians, how it explains what love is. And I think what the world needs now really is love. And this is the greatest expression of God himself, because that's who God is. God, love is not just an emotion. Love is the person of Jesus Christ. And that was the gift that God gave each one of us. And he proved his love. Love gives. Love feeds. Love Uh, rejoices in truth, love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And and, and it starts with how God feels about us as his children. And I, I think that's the greatest subject of all. Cindy, give me an example of someone that has sat on your teaching for love and, uh, and how it's impacted their life. Yes. Um, my sister sent me an email a couple of days ago, and which really touched me. And it was of um, a woman who had an assignment. She went back to college, and her professor gave her an assignment, and actually the whole class an assignment, and said, you know, uh, the next week I want you to smile at at least three people a day. 
and see what kind of response that you get. And one of the most profound and impactful responses that she got happened while she was standing in one of the fast food restaurants. She noticed that people were beginning to move and had um, an unkind and unpleasant look on their face. And she turned around and she smelled something very uh, profound. And she looked and there were two homeless men. And one of them obviously had a walking problem and was being helped by the other. And she said her tendency would have been to move as well, but she remembered the assignment, and she just smiled at them, and and she smiled back. And she had a prompting to do more than smile and ask them what they wanted, and she treated them to breakfast, and she went a step further. She not only treated them to breakfast, but she sat down and touched one of the hands of the gentleman that was struggling. And she looked, and there was a tear that ran down his eye as he thanked her profusely and said that this is the first time in a long time someone had ever touched him with a touch of compassion and kindness. And and to me, we can we each have within ourselves to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. And I believe that it may not be a physical touch. But every time we smile or treat someone with dignity or treat someone with compassion, we are actually touching them with the love of God. And the touch is at the level of their soul. We can feel it. Could you talk about an issue in your life and how God set you free? Absolutely. When I grew up in a single-parent home, my father um, abandoned us. I think I was about two years old, and I tell this this story. I didn't know how deeply it impacted me, because I was always a, um, I, I don't know, had high aspirations and pushed beyond my circumstances and situations. But um, when I got saved, it was it was a challenge for me to embrace the love of God, as He was bestowing it upon me as my heavenly father because at a subconscious level I had transferred the issues of abandonment to how I related to God as my heavenly father. I can embrace him as my creator. I can embrace him as my deliverer, my healer, but not as the heavenly father that supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. God had to gently help me to trust him as my heavenly father who supplies all my needs. And that was a healing process that God gave me. And I didn't even know that that was something that I needed healing in until God revealed it to me. And so, you know, going back with the 40-day fast, it's going to be a time of revelation to things that are suppressed the way that we um, conduct our spiritual life, the way that we view God sometimes has a lot to do with how our natural parents treated us, or in my case, did not treat us. Cindy, you talk about the need to belong. Will you teach on that? Yes. We, we, are, we are born with with the need to bond the need to belong it's 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 a part of who we are 
And I think that is one of the phenomenons of gangs, because if they can't find it legitimately within their home and within their society, they're going to go outside and attach themselves to other individuals. And um, I believe that what God is doing now is extending to us an opportunity to really understand what it means to belong to the family of God and what it really means to be loved by God. We are even a baby if it's not loved and held, if it's if it's not um bonding with its mother, it can fail to thrive. And so that bonding is it's it's given to us by God. And those of us that didn't get it in our first family, we can get it in our new family which is the family of God. Your teaching is uh, really practical, step by step. Uh, What is the feedback you're getting from the people that are sitting under this 40-day fast? Um, We're getting a lot of positive feedback because the book is written from a biblical perspective. It's, It's all Bible. It's all Word. And it's giving uh, people an opportunity to see the Bible as more than just an ancient book um, or it, a book that only has relevance to get us to heaven. Uh, people are now viewing the Bible as a practical um, a, a book, a practical, um, God-breathed Bible that has principles that they can apply to their everyday life, that it is a book that has wisdom, and wisdom is the science of skillful living. And people now are are finding that their love for reading the Word of God and, and being able to garner the practical applications that is necessary for them not only to find a way to get to heaven, but to have heaven here on earth. And that's what I love about this book and how God um, empowered me and to write it. It's it's the Bible is just principle. It's just practical. Uh, Cindy, why is it that people seem to keep returning to the same soulish entanglements over and over? They just can't change the pattern. The Word of God has has made a difference in my life. I, I I've seen how how God has actually changed the very destiny of my family, where we, where um, there was so much pain in our lives from abandonment and living in a shame-based environment, growing up as one of the only families that were a single family. Most people in my neighborhood um, had both parents. We were one of the only ones that were single parent, and, and there was a lot of shame associated with that. But now I can hold my head up high, knowing that I don't have to live as a spiritual orphan, that God has accepted me in his family. And God has not only accepted me, but he can accept everyone that is listening, that may be suffering from the spirit of an orphan. God has accepted you into the bigger family, and that's the family of God. Well, I sense by the Spirit of God that you could pray for people uh, that feel unloved, feel like an orphan, 
and actually have lived like an orphan. Would you pray for them? Our Father and our God, I thank you that you are our Heavenly Father. And, and, and just from my own life, I know the struggle that it was and, and, and to be able to fully embrace the fact that I am a part of a bigger family and that your family and that you are my Heavenly Father. And as I pray for those that may be listening, that suffer from abandonment or betrayal or suffer from the pain of being adopted or being um, abandoned by both parents and had to live with people that never birthed them and suffered from the abuse of people that didn't know their true worth and dignity. I pray that you would heal their hearts and that you would heal every individual that is listening today. Let your love be felt and embrace them and let them sense, oh God, that they have something to live for. Break the spirit of an orphan from off of them. Release them from the shame and the pain and heal the holes in their soul and the feel of emptiness and loneliness in Jesus name. Amen. As Cindy likes to say, the next 40 days after you get the soul fast kit will be the best 40 days of your life. You see soul wounds have been sabotaging your growth in the spirit, preventing you from being able to fulfill your destiny, from hearing God, from operating the gifts of the Spirit, from success in every arena of life, family and and a job and school. The, The soulish problems literally are keeping you from your potential. I want to make this very special Soul Fast kit available to you in which Cindy will coach you each day through two DVDs, eight weeks. It's a 40-day soul fast. It includes two books and the study guide for a gift of $59. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704 704- 943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.